Hey folks, before we start the show, a reminder that we're in our fun drive for root words. If you like the show, and we hope you do, please consider following the link in the description to our donation page, or by visiting vermontfarmersfoodcenter.org. Any donations received by the end of July will be matched by the National Endowment for the Humanities. Your support helps us share these stories with the community. Now on to the show. Welcome to Root Words, a podcast that explores agriculture and cooking's role in connecting us to our landscape and our communities. I'm Stephen Abatel. Root Words is a collaboration between Vermont Farmers Food Center, Shrewsbury Agricultural Education and Arts Foundation, Shrewsbury Historical Society, WEXP, and many other community members. The project began in 2017 and was made possible by support from the National Endowment for the Humanities, as well as from this community. Throughout this podcast, you're going to be hearing stories from people around the Rutland County region in the heart of Vermont, a region rich in agriculture, family farms, a region that's a pastoral working landscape. These stories are going to be each little windows into what a regional food system really looks like on the community level. We're excited to introduce you to some passionate folks working with the land and with food and bringing communities together. So please pull up a chair and enjoy. As the average age of farmers continues to increase, The mentoring of new farmers is as important as ever. In this first part to our Growing Farmers series, we'll hear from a couple of farmers about the mentorship they got and the support they got along the way. All right, so on this episode of Root Words, we're talking again with Scott Corsell of Alchemy Gardens. How you doing, Scott? Good, thanks for having me. And we're talking about the well the graying of vermont and i i guess how that uh shows up in our farming population um what are your thoughts on that about uh the the kind of aging uh of the vermont farmer what's your perspective on that are you directing that at me steven yes i am (laughs) (laughs) i I don't have that many gray hairs i don't mean you personally oh okay 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 I mean, they are coming in, but um, that's a good question. Um, I feel like when we got started, it was really something that we're was being talked about all the time. So um, I feel like it's less of sort of a hot topic right now, just because perhaps um, I know like farmers markets exploded in the last 15 years and perhaps a lot of young farmers have taken it on. Um, so I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of, uh, I feel like in Vermont in particular, there's so much support for and encouragement of young people sort of getting into the field. Um, so hopefully that is just happening and hopefully we've, we've built enough markets and there's enough interest in buying locally that, um, there will continue to be opportunities for new and young folks or not young folks necessarily or just new folks taking on farming it it seems like there's a pretty steep learning curve in in the farming and gardening kind of growing world um who do you see or who do you feel are some of the mentors of in our community 
Yeah, so I guess it has been, you know, a lot of the farmers, the farms that have been up in an operation for a long time. And um, Greg, you know, Greg Cox particularly sticks out as someone who, since I've known him, has had as much of, uh, how do I say this, his mission as much as anything has been growing farmers, maybe more so than most things that he does. I mean, farming, of course as a central tenant of what he does, but um, really creating the space in which um, more farmers could get started in Rutland County has really been Greg's big push. And, you know, that's been by growing the markets and growing opportunities, but also just making the space available. So, yeah, I mean, I, th I think Greg is like a, a real leader in, in that sort of space. And so many of us got our farm started over at Boardman Hill Farm. But I think really anyone who is anyone who's in the field and has experience and has made a successful business out of it, most folks, one really cool thing about our industry is at least in this part of the country, people are really uh, willing to share their trade secrets you know there's no secrets really it's it's people are willing to share their process and their knowledge and that really um that's a pretty incredible thing because that doesn't you know that's not true of all industry and um not even of all agriculture apparently i'm told in different parts of the country people will hold stuff really close to home and and not really um offer up that much in the way of information to new and beginning farmers or to their competitors or anything like that. I like hearing that Greg has made growing farmers his mission. Recently, I caught up with Greg to see who his mentors and inspirations had been as he started out in farming, and he named uh, the late Bill Clark as one of his major influences. Let's have a listen. I met Bill when I was like 27 years old. He was at the farmer's market and he was uh, on the board. It was the Rutland farmer's market, Rutland farmer's market at the time. And I met him and um, I was an organic farmer. I was working with NOFA to help uh, develop the standards and, um, and we were trying to get recognition for how we grow food everyone knows what it is today. Back then, nobody knew what it was, and neither did Bill Clark. And Bill Clark wanted to know, thirsty for knowledge. And so Bill would ride with me to all the NOFA meetings, uh, to the winter conference, um, and just ask so many questions. That was what Bill was really good at. The, the breadth of a person's knowledge, you can judge by the quality of the questions that they ask. And Bill always asked questions that would cause the person to answer them to pause and really have to think. And Bill came away in a few years with probably greater knowledge of what organic was than most farmers that claimed to be organic. Because that was Bill, a brilliant man that could hold his own with people from all over the world. 
a man, he went down to Washington, he got grants, um, he, you know, he was just just an amazing individual. And, and humble. And uh, and 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 be almost behind the scenes. Is, and he did have a loud voice, but he still never was out there promoting Bill Clark. He was promoting farmers markets, promoting food systems, promoting maple, but never promoted Bill Clark. He, so, in some ways, did he help uh, pave the way for you as a as a young farmer? Or farmer I learned so much from from Bill. And um, yeah, I I'll never know as much as Bill. Never, because Bill Clark was just that kind of person. He uh, yeah, he started when he was young. I mean, his dad died when he was a young man, and uh, he just he just did whatever it took, uh, raise his family of four, uh, and and promote agriculture in Vermont. You know, a real uh, shining star. That's somebody that I'll always appreciate. And uh, so, yeah, I learned a lot from the man. I learned that the world does not end at my skin line. It's bigger than me. And that's what a Bill always did. He always did the right thing for the right reason in the right way. Do you, do you think that's something you passed on to the younger generation I, of farmers around here now? I hope so. I've tried to pass it on. It's up to them whether I did or not. But yeah, and uh, Bill, Bill was from a different world. Um, there was no social media. There was no um, Facebook, no anything. Bill was a, a man that, that spread his knowledge face to face. He didn't pretend to be anybody. He was true to himself. And um, yeah, and he developed relationships with everyone. And um, yeah, Bill's been part of it. I don't think there is a more important individual in the history of agriculture in the state of Vermont than Bill Clark, because of farmers markets, because of maple, um, because he he could talk with the smartest people in the room and make them see that Vermont agriculture was critical. He wasn't a produce person for the longest time, but then as farmers markets really reared up, he could see that as the next path. And he, be, he started gleaning in, in Rutland County. Um, he started raffle. Uh, he, he started uh, um, the Vermont farmers market. Uh, instrumental in the Rutland County Farmers Market. You, you can just go on and on and on, and most people have no clue how any of this starts. It's always, but going up, back upstream. Bill Clark is, is definitely in the water. <laughs> Here's a, a little a tidbit. Very religious man, um, with the, the with the church over in Wells, and. Um, the gleaning started because he saw that people were in need. Gleaning is the process of harvesting or gathering excess farm food and providing it for folks that are in need. And we're going to cover that on a future episode of Root Words. And so he grew food. It was at first called, he brought it to the raffle board, grow the, 
grow an extra row. Then it was grow the longest row. And then it became gleaning. Bill died. Before he died, his last conversation with his son. Bill didn't come to the farmer's market anymore because he was done with that. But in the conversation from the hospital, he said to his son, make sure you plant the potatoes, the white ones. That's what the people want. And do the best you can with the corn. It'll be okay. And make sure you plant whatever mom wants in the ground. And everything that his son was planting and everything that Bill was planning on planting, potatoes and the corn, was solely for the gleaning program in Rutland County. That's what who Bill was. The man was so innovative and creative and had the vision to see what was needed. Started the farmer's market in Rutland. Um, started the, uh, he, he backed uh, the start of the winter farmer's market. He was president of the Vermont Farmers Market when we opened up the, when we were talking about the food center and got the Vermont Farmers Market to sign a lease to be our first anchor tenant. None of this would have happened if Bill Clark had not really driven the train to make it happen. And he had that force that people would follow. Just simple, simply an amazing individual. And this is, that was Bill, a humanitarian as well as an agriculturalist. I wish there were more people like Bill Clark. The world would be a better place. Listening, listening to Greg talk about Bill Clark, what are your reactions to that, to hearing Greg talk about somebody that was a, a mentor in, in farming and in life to him? I've spent a lot of time talking with Greg over the last 15 years about you know, so much of like, it's just, that's so interesting for me to hear because that what Greg is describing about Bill is, is like who I know Greg to be. <laughs> and I never knew Bill in that way. Um, so yeah, it's just, that's just kind of a funny and interesting thing. Like, Bill was doing all this stuff before I was aware of any of it, period. And Greg was, you know, like neck deep in all of it back then when I was a little kid. And then when we came through, like, we know Greg exactly that way. Yeah, yeah. He, Greg said he met or he started um, riding up to Montpelier with Bill when he was, uh, Greg was just 27. And yeah. I, I was wondering, I was like, gosh, that's got to be around the time that you and Lindsay were, uh, went out to the, to Greg's garden for the first time. <laughs> like pretty much just about, yeah, somewhere right in there for sure. Yeah. So, yeah, no, that's cool. And, um, you know, so fantastic that what he apparently was putting in motion has come through so much of it. The market has, you know, done so well and been a place for so many new farm operations in Rutland County to like really make a go of it. Um, yeah, and all the food center and all the projects, it's, it's very cool. Lindsay and I came down here to so we yeah we'd had our experience on the community garden and we wanted to see if 
we wanted to take it to the next level and see if we liked it, if it was still enjoyable, if we were farming at production scale, growing at that scale. And so we were looking around Montpelier and I wanted to sort of come back here and because there was cool ag stuff happening and whatnot. And anyhow, we, um, we talked to Greg about working there and then we also talked to um, Paul Horton and we ended up working over at Paul Horton's place at Foggy Meadow. And that was actually a really good starting point for us. But um, over the course of the summer that we worked for Paul, that six month season, we got to know Greg, you know, decently well at the market. And we, when we finished at Foggy Meadow, we knew we wanted to move to Shrewsbury and we knew we wanted to grow food and we didn't know much other than that as far as what our path would be and an opportunity opened up for us to come and manage um, the the store, the Pierce's store. Um, and we were trying to figure out a big garden space and Greg kept telling us we had to come out. He had a spot for us and he wanted us to come see it. And so finally late that fall, we made it out to Greg's uh, farm and he walked us around and showed us everything. and walked us out to this corner of his farm and there was about an acre and a half um, sort of worked up. And he said, so I'm thinking this for you guys. And we we're like, oh, wow, no, this is like way bigger than what we're, we just want like a big home garden. He's like, no, this will be perfect. Basically, he was like giving us the opportunity to, to come and farm there. He, um, you know, he recognized that we were sort of like, we're, toying with the idea of whether we should start our own farm or whatever and um the biggest piece of advice maybe the most critical piece of advice that greg gave in those early conversations was he said you know you could fail at the next 10 things you try to do and only be all the better for it mm. and that was just like i think that's just such good um advice in life in general and in farming and just just this idea that like you know we were nervous that we might fail at it and greg's point was like well yeah but, but so what you know like, <laughs> you're gonna go through life like not doing stuff because you might fail at it like of course you might fail at it you might fail at anything you try to do but but like you'll be all the better for it because you will have learned something. You will, will have learned something about yourself and your capacity and whatever it is. And that was just kind of like a a jumping off point. Like you know what? I think he's right. Yeah, we could we could try this out, and if it doesn't work out, on to the next thing. Um, but that was pretty monumental. Yeah, I mean that's not like getting into the technical pieces of like what it takes to farm and what you need to know and all that sort of stuff that has come you know we've got we've picked that up all over the place a lot from paul horton at foggy meadow because we worked for him and he runs a pretty tight operation over there um and then a lot from greg you know just uh working like starting our farm on his farm getting lots of constant advice from him early on and, you know, continuing still. New farmers that have some knowledge but might lack the capital, equipment, or land for starting a farm business might find a farm incubator. Oh, uh, farm incubation. It's like incubating any business. 
new farmers coming. If you if you're going to increase the amount of availability of local food, and the average age of the farmer is probably 65, that is a dangerous combination. We're not. I'm 70. I don't want to produce more. I'm getting. I'm not quite the man I used to be. So, if if we're planning to build a sustainable, resilient food system with access, we need more producers. We need more farmers to be able to provide a greater percentage of our food locally. Every dollar spent on local food generates 2.6 dollars in economic activity. In Vermont, collectively, annually, we spend nearly $3 billion on food. That's a huge number. Multiply that times 2.6. That's an economy waiting to be garnered. And most of our food, about 90%, is bought from somewhere else, which means in the graying of Vermont, which everybody likes to talk about, jobs follow dollars. If we spend our food dollars outside of Vermont, the jobs will go outside of Vermont. You are what you eat, and the only way we're going to be able to grow more of nutritional food to let our citizens live up to full potential is to also grow farmers so that we have a future and that we can continue to produce more and more. That's the basis of a sustainable and resilient economy. I have a uh, young farmer this year, uh, formerly a Green Mountain College student. He finished up his degree at Prescott in Arizona. We, I've been developing a pipeline with Prescott to bring young farmers to Vermont, specifically Rutland County. I provide housing and food and land and equipment and get him hooked with markets. And actually today I have two of his products. Um, he's gone out and uh, cut ramps and made pesto and I've sold his pesto and he has uh, wild-crafted herbs and dried them for a spice mix and I sell them for him. I, um, I mentor him because there's a lot to know. It, like you, the woman that was just here. Don't grow broccoli. It's, it's more the, one of the difficult plants. Start easy, start small. And so, and land access is another critical piece. Scott and Lindsay, who've been doing farming for a long time, but they're in Shrewsbury. If you wanna do a heat lover, Shrewsbury is not the place to grow peppers and eggplants. So they grow them on that farm. I don't charge anybody anything. I have more to do than I could possibly do. And I've been doing this for 45 years. I have not all the knowledge, but I have a fair amount of knowledge that I'm willing to transfer freely. These are not my competition, they're my friends. Uh, describe a little bit of the farm incubation with with Greg. What did what did he provide for you? What was that? What did that look like for for the starting of uh, Alchemy Alchemy Garden? Yeah. So we had basically just a, one season under our belt of working. You know, f six months on a vegetable farm that was going to the market, and we learned a lot at Foggy Meadow for sure. Like we really learned a lot, and that was 
why we were there, you know, we were taking it seriously. And when we left there, the obstacles to starting a farm were like all, you know, capital considerations. Um, everything to do with getting the farm started was way more money than we could devote to the project. We basically had nothing to put towards it. And so, you know, what Greg gave us, he he offered us a piece of his land to grow, grow on free of any charge. He provided the equipment, tractors and implements for us to use in order to run our farm operation. We used his walk-in cooler, his wash station. He gave us um, a propagation house, like a frame, a greenhouse frame that we built in Shrewsbury as a propagation house. And then everything else was basically provided by Greg. So we had no, you know, no real financial risk into the thing at all. And, you know, that's the other piece of, that's like the follow through, that's the follow up on his, his saying, you know, you could fail at the next 10 things you do and be all the better for it. Well, that's particularly true if you're not putting up, you know, going into debt um, to enter, you know, an unproven market as a new farmer. Like that, that's insurmountable for a lot of people. But for, to be able to do it with, with really no financial risk at all was actually the opportunity that allowed us to get our business up and going. And over the years, the Alchemy Garden's business vision has grown to include garden workshops for students and adults, as well as farm apprenticeships. Just trying to pay that forward to, to folks who are new to it and passionate about it and excited about it. And it's, you know, it's pretty cool to, at times, like, recognize, like, see ourselves as folks that now have enough experience to like inspire and um, help to guide new and beginning folks and, and gardeners alike and all of that you know I don't get too hung up on making a distinction of like whether I'm helping farmers or gardeners or why it makes much difference or whatever but um, just helping people to grow stuff and provide for themselves and our community and all that is super exciting next time on root words we'll hear from one of scott and Lindsay's farm apprentices in part two of our mini-series growing farmers this episode of root words was produced by stephen abatel and scott corsell with special thanks to greg cox and in special memory of bill clark if you are a new or aspiring farmer in vermont There's a lot of organizations and agencies that are here to help. Find information from Vermont New Farmer Network, Intervale Center, NOFA, the Northeast Farmers of Color Land Trust, the USDA, University of Vermont Center for Sustainable Agriculture, and the University of Vermont Extension online, just to name a few. Our musical themes are by the Salt Ash Serenaders. We are a project of the Vermont Farmers Food Center and SAGE. Thank you all for listening and for being a part of our local food system. This podcast has been made possible by generous support from the National Endowment for the Humanities. We'll catch you next time on Root Words.